from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Bryce Young is about to give, it to, to give it to you. Welcome to 99.9 The Fans in That's the right. afternoon. I'm Chris Lee. That's Dennis Jamel Cox. Our guy at Graham Hill, he's the one producing for us today. Yeah, Bryce Young getting those first team reps. Mini camp. Believe it or not, training camp is like six weeks away. Yeah. It's going to be here yeah. before we know it. Yeah. So, the fact that Bryce Young is actually getting a lot of first-team reps is pretty impressive for a rookie quarterback, but I think this was kind of the plan all along, right? Just to work him into being the number one guy. So this week at OTAs, which is the final week of OTAs for the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers, uh, Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, finally got those first-team reps over Andy Dalton. And I think that, of course, as you said, I think we could all see this coming, right? Yeah. This was gonna This was going to be here before you know it. But I thought that maybe we would see this at some point during training camp. I mm-hmm. didn't think we were going to be talking about OTAs, not even mandatory mini camp, which where everybody comes up soon. has to be here that we're talking about uh, first team snaps. But that probably shows just how good Bryce Young is already. Yeah, he's developing even last year's first round pick, Iki Aquano from right here out of NC State. The left tackle talked about, hey, Bryce Young, this dude's getting it. Bryce has been great. He's been developing really fast, you know, um, you know, taking command of that huddle early. Um, you know, just definitely excited to see his development more and more. Excited to see him grow. Um, but, yeah, he picked it up really fast. Definitely very impressive. We've heard people talk about that the moment has never been too big for him. And I know you all haven't played a game yet. But have you sensed any of that even out here in June? Yeah, definitely, you know, uh, you know, same guy every day, you know, calm, collected. Uh, he never really gets ratted out there no matter what's going on with practice. So, no, I definitely, you know, moment's never too big. I can see that. Dennis, I need you to tell me why I should not be excited. Because last year I when nothing. we were talking uh, on Culture State Saturday, mm-hmm. me and you did a show, and I was talking about how much better the Carolina Panthers would be in year three under Matt Rule. Well, under Matt Rule, they weren't good. No, they weren't. But after Matt Rule was fired, they actually were pretty good and Imagine were that. close to making the playoffs. And you could say if J.C. Horn didn't get hurt and if Dante Jackson didn't get hurt, Mike Evans doesn't go off against them <laughs> in Tampa Bay, and maybe they back their way into the playoffs, right? Maybe. So, like, that's like a real thing that was that was happening. But I need you to tell me why I shouldn't be excited because I feel like every year, since Ron Rivera has been out, there's been a reason to be excited. The Panthers have done this. Well, we have this. Christian McCaffrey might be better this year. And, you know, this, this, and that. Blah, 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 blah. And now I'm feeling it again. And every year I've been disappointed. Mm. Tell me why I should hold back on my excitement. I'm going to tell you actually why you should be excited, Chris. Oh, come on, man. I'm going to tell you why. Ah, you know why? On, man. You know why? Why? Because Matt Rule's no longer there. <laughs> That's the That is the Simple. one reason why. You should be excited because you know why? There's competence. It's com- Everything we've competence. seen this offseason for the Carolina Panthers has been nothing but competence. So we know what the future is at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Now, in terms of the future of a guy like Chris Paul, yeah. as we get into our second thing here at 3 o'clock, we don't know what his future is. It could actually still be with the Phoenix Suns, though, by all means, if they don't trade him, it looks like they're going to waive him because otherwise, why would you get, be going through this if you're just going to keep the guy? So yesterday, this story broke while we were on air, and mm-hmm. we were talking about it around 545 yesterday. And the report was and that report, he was going to be waived. The report was he will be waived. But now that we have a, a, almost a day has passed, we have a little bit more clarity. What seems to be the case is 
the, the Suns have looked around. They said, hey, we're paying Chris Paul over $30 million a year. Mm-hmm. We're paying KD, Kevin Durant, over $30 million a year. We're playing DeAndre Ayton over $30 million a year. And we're paying Devin Booker over $30 million a year. That's, That's four players that are going to require over $30 million. So one of these players has to go. We don't want Chris to go, but let's talk to him about our options. Can we waive you and then re-sign you to a, a better deal? Or do we have to waive you altogether? Mm-hmm. And so that is what they are considering right now. But if he does get waived, that means CP3 also could probably end up in a better situation. Stephen A. Smith said that, hey, he needs to be with a contender. Perfect scenario would be staying in Phoenix. Obviously, if Phoenix is not an option, you've got the Lakers. I'd look at that, if, particularly if they waived him. You're hearing noise about Damian Lillard and, you know, what Aiden and Paul and Picks. Can't see that happening, to be quite honest with you. But you put it out there because that's what the kind of stuff that you hear. In the end, here's the bottom line. He's 38 years of age, one of the greatest point guards in NBA history. He's got to be in a position where he's competing for a championship. It's really, really that simple. He's earned that and I hope he stays in a situation whether it's Phoenix or somewhere else where he's going to be in a situation competing for a championship. So now I think we're looking at the end of an era, right? Mm -hmm. Because Chris Paul, wherever he goes, is going to make less than what he's made before. Sure. That also probably means that he's going to be in a situation where he's going to be the backup. And we're not used to seeing Chris Paul as the backup point guard. From Wake Forest until now, Chris Paul most of the times has been either the the very best player on his team or the second best player of his team. Now that he's 38, this is the end of an era. I also find it fascinating that just a couple years ago when we saw this Suns team in the NBA Finals and you're thinking, okay, Paul, Ayton, Booker, you're building around these three guys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, they traded all their depth away to get Kevin Durant, Durant yep. and Durant ends up getting hurt right away. So he doesn't play much of the regular season or a big chunk. Well, he came in hurt. He, 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 he came in hurt. hurt. Yeah. He was already hurt, but then his first game back, he gets hurt in warm-ups and yeah. then misses even more time. Yeah. So he gets he's hurt a bunch. Then in the playoffs, Chris Paul's out. He's hurt. Then all of a sudden, Paul's going to be gone. All your depth and everything you got, you got rid of to get Kevin Durant, and you also fired your head coach. It's amazing how they just completely flipped this team around from what it was just two years ago. I think the Lakers would be a good option, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it would be cool to see him with LeBron, but you brought this up yesterday. Old LeBron, old Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, who might seems as well to be, be old. old. Might as well be old. <laughs> might as well be a 41-year-old player right now. Um, so where do you go from there? And it looks like the Lakers are going to sink some money into Austin Reeves. Kind of wonder what that situation is going to look like, but – um, I agree with Stephen A. Smith. He needs to be with a contender. That he does. Well, teams that are contending for a title right now, the Denver Nuggets get a big win in Game 3 yesterday over the Miami Heat. Win it by 15 points, 109-94. to And did they dominate the paint? Goodness. And we actually saw <laughs> NBA history last night. Yeah. The first time we saw a, a pair of teammates register 30-point triple doubles, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray. First time in NBA history, not just finals history, never, not just playoff history, happened. regular season, all of it together. Never before have we seen two players have triple doubles where each of them scored 30 points for the same team in the same game, and it happened last night. So when we were talking about this game yesterday, we were talking about whether it was two things, whether the Nuggets would show 
that they actually cared about this. They would show effort that Mike Malone, their head coach, was talking about before. And we also talked about whether they'd be able to help out Jokic in the pick-and-roll defense, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's where the Heat exposed them in Game 2 when the Heat stole one in Denver. But it was the Nuggets that used pick and roll with both Jamal Murray yeah. and, and uh, also Nikola Jokic and showed, hey, okay, you guys are having a nice little moment as a, as a team. You're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. We have two legit NBA superstars right here mm-hmm. that could possibly be the best duo in the league. Yeah, we are using this to our advantage, and that's what they did. Mike Malone, their head coach, spoke about that yesterday after the game. I've been with Nikola for eight and uh, Jamal uh, for seven years now. And we've been, you know, we've had some pretty good moments, but not in the NBA Finals. And for those guys to make history the way they did tonight, uh, no one's ever done that. I mean, that's what's really neat about it. You get the win. I thought our defense was fantastic tonight. You hold that team to 94 points, 37 from the field, only 11 threes. Um, you know, that, that, that really helped us out tonight, the defending and rebounding at a high level. But... Um, by far their greatest performance as a duo in their seven years together. It has to be. Oh, well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> they you, made history. You, you made NBA they made history, history last night. It, it was impressive to see just, how again, how Denver dominated in the paint. There are only five of 18 from three. There are only five of 18 from three, but yeah. they, again, dominated in the paint, over 60 points in the paint yesterday. Let, let, let's do this really quick. 58 rebounds for uh, the Denver Nuggets, only 33 for the Heat. That's huge. And let's talk about these stat lines really quick before we move on. For Jokic, 32 points, 18 rebounds, 10 assists. Jamal Murray, 34 points. Then he had 10 rebounds and 10 assists. It's going to be hard to beat you when you have two players doing that. Yeah, it's good luck moving forward if you're the Miami Heat. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Bryce Young, oh, okay. uh, he is a Jordan brand athlete. He had some uh, Jordan cleats on today, and some of the reporters down there at OTAs were giving him some compliments for his Jordan brand I respect uh, cleats. He's also getting compliments on how he is delivering the ball. Uh, he got first-team reps today, uh, officially taking over for Andy Dalton. Which so it seems like we knew that that was going to happen at some point. Um, and Bryce Young, he's excited for – uh, what he has going forward. He talked to reporters about how the coaches have been handling him so far. I think the coaches done a great job of, you know, how they've how they've approached, um, you know, coaching me, coaching quarterback room, um, you know, challenging me when they feel like it's appropriate, dialing things back when they feel like appropriate. And again, I, I have complete trust in, in them. And, you know, I appreciate the challenge. I love the challenge. And I feel like being able to have the coaching staff and players that I do around me um, is what, you know, pushes me and allows me to, um, you know, process it and uh, get through it. And there's still a lot of growth that I want to do, but uh, I'm excited for that. It's such a delicate balance as a coach to make sure that you are giving a young player proper instruction and challenging them and making sure you're critical when it's necessary, but also praise them when it's necessary. It's such a delicate balance because you don't want everything to be 
one extreme or the other. Because if it's constantly critical, 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 they're going to feel like they're not doing anything right. If it's constant praise, they're going to feel like everything's great, and then all of a sudden something goes bad in practice or a game, and you're like, wait, I thought everything was going perfect. Now, then, then you can shatter you can shatter confidence both ways. Absolutely. So it's, it's nice to hear him say is that they're pushing me, but also like when I do something right, they're telling me, but when I'm doing something wrong, they're telling me, but they're also helping me correct it. I'm sure it's hard for them to find what he is doing wrong because, I mean, even the players that are playing with him, they are just up, up, applauding what he's mm-hmm. doing apparently. And we can't see this because, um, of course, you can't video any any of practice if you're down there. So a lot of the media were talking about uh, an amazing deep throw that he had to DJ Chark um, that was just an amazing one down the yeah. sideline that probably would have gone for a long touchdown. And then also some amazing plays that he had going to Terrace Marshall Jr. And apparently those are the plays that really popped out from today. And, and also guys are saying that in the huddle that he's truly has, has taken command. command. Like truly has taken command 100. of like the playbook. And then like when he's giving out plays, like he's directing and giving orders is that he sounds confident or he is confident. And that's something that a lot of people, if I'm his teammate, I'm like, okay, if my quarterback is confident and he's doing the right things, it's going to make me feel good about what I'm doing. Outside of the fact that Bryce Young has been like this since Alabama, mm-hmm. you know where this is coming from, right? Where? It's coming from the fact that he has a head coach who's a former quarterback in this league. It helps. He's has now Andy Dalton as his backup. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everybody else who's on that coaching staff who are former quarterbacks or, or former players in this league that are backing him up and helping him feel this way. Frank Reich, uh, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, spoke on a timeline for Bryce and Andy earlier today as well. Talk about earmarking this week as time to move up for Bryce. Did you guys discuss that with him in advance? And then how is when did you guys come up with this? I guess this calendar of his progress. Yeah, progress? that's a good question. Um, no, did not discuss it with him until the end of last week, right? So. Because, you know, I mean, just wanted to kind of keep open. We could have shifted it. We could have moved it up, moved it back. Um, I really didn't want to move it up um, because I thought things were going the way we wanted. Um, And so at the end of last week, I, you know, pulled Bryce aside and Andy aside, you know, just to say, hey, we talked about this from the beginning. You guys are doing it exactly like, you know, we wanted. So great job. You know, we're going to make this switch and and move forward. At what point do you feel like you'll be comfortable saying he is our starter week one? Yeah. Not yet. You know, I mean, you know, he's showing everything you want to see, but we, we don't have to. Again, this goes back to even the draft decision. You don't make a decision until you have to make it. Right. So um, we'll just keep giving him and our team the opportunity to get better and to earn that starting role. Um, you know, so far, you know, he and a lot of our guys are taking the steps needed to, to earn that spot. But um, we don't have to make that decision yet. So we'll just kind of keep keep chugging along here. Yeah, okay, uh, here's the thing, Frank. You already made that choice. <laughs> like, let's, let's just be honest. He's QB1, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. If I've, I've said the moment that he is able to step on the field, like that you feel like he can be truly an NFL player in regards to his development, he can see the field. If you feel like that he is ready to step on the field, doesn't matter how well Andy Dalton's playing. The moment he is ready, you put him on the field. Will J.C. Horn be able to step on the field? No. For training camp? Maybe not. So here's what's When's he, he going to get hurt again? Because <laughs> it just happened again. When's his next injury? You are 
a butthole sometimes. What? Uh, J.C. Horn. Tell me where I'm wrong, Chris. Go ahead. Panthers, I'll wait. Panthers first-round pick uh, from two years ago, from 2021. He's a cornerback. Um, he's injured once again. He oh, imagine that. He will miss the rest of OTAs, which is basically this week, and also mini camp when mm-hmm. that comes up. So they're basically saying, hey, take six weeks off. When training camp comes up, then we want you on the field ready to go. Okay, so okay. J.C. Horn ended his, fresh, his freshman year, mm-hmm. his rookie year, um, early because he had a stress fracture in his foot. Which lingered into the next season's training camp. He played three full games for the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. and then he missed the rest of the season. And then last year, he lasted for most of the season, and then it was like a freak accident, right? He was going mm-hmm. to tackle. I can't remember uh, the team they were going against. Maybe this was against Tampa Bay or, or against the Saints. I can't remember which one. But he's going to go tackle a- another player, and his arm got caught up, and, and uh, Jeremy Chin actually goes and lays a huge hit on the player, but um, his arm was stuck right there, so his arm actually snaps. He ends up breaking his wrist in that situation. So now J.C. Horn missed two years, or he had two years that were uh, ended short because of injury. Mm -hmm. Both of them bone breaks. Yeah. And both of them kind of like different circumstances, right? Like a a stress fracture that could happen to anyone. And then Jeremy Chin just popping your wrist out, that could happen to anyone as well. I don't think that makes him injury prone. What happened to him where he got hurt just training on his own just a couple days ago, and now he's out for the rest of – OTAs, just, I don't know, maybe he just turned his ankle. They're saying that there's no surgery that's needed. That could also happen to anyone either. Uh, also, I just think this is just a string of bad luck for him. He hasn't actually shown that he's injury prone. I think a lot um, of soft tissue injuries show that you're injury prone. Okay, well, here's the thing. You're talking about, well, yeah, this could happen to anyone, but they all have happened to J.C. Horn. You're right. So, yeah, they've all have happened to J.C. Horn. It also so could be bad luck. It could be It could be. Are bad you luck. accident prone in your car? No. You just had an accident. I have, but I've only had one. It's not like I've happened to like multiple times over you. the course of the last couple of I seasons. So you can't say it's just fluky stuff. This is a trend. This is a trend, Chris. He's not even played two. He's played two seasons in the NFL, and he's already been injured three plus three times. But three it's also, times. But listen, it's also football. You played football. I yeah. You know that, that did. injuries happen. They do. You probably were able to play while having injuries, but injuries that you could play with. Mm-hmm. When If J.C. Horn, if the, if the Carolina Panthers would have won that game against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Tom Brady and Mike Evans absolutely went off, mm-hmm. then you know that the next week he would have been there with a club on his hand and he still would have been playing with that broken wrist. Yeah. So it was a, a, it was a decision of we're not going to make the postseason. Your, your season is over from there. He would have still tried to play on that. So you can kind of take that out of there. And if Jeremy Chin – Hits you that hard on your wrist, your wrist is snapping too. Probably. But once again, we're talking about a guy injured again. And he's not, he hasn't even started his third I year in the NFL. I don't think that makes him I, I cannot, it's red flags. It's red flags. Until, until he puts together a full season in the NFL, I'm having questions. I don't think that makes him injury prone. Another quick uh, Panthers note. Brian Burns switching from number 53 to number zero. Cool. We found that out after the show went off yesterday. I like it. Um, I like it a lot, too. It's going to be very interesting. He's going to sell a lot of jerseys.